do you regret that afterwards? Was there any kind of like uh, seller's remorse there? In terms of personal attachment, it was a thing, the vehicle that took from survival mode, mm -hmm. to even just, you know, comfort or stability. Honestly, like looking back, I just needed to hire someone and then like, like last like one more month. Hello, and welcome to Talks with Sarah No Socks, a podcast about failure and the lessons learned. I sit down with guests who are taking the road less traveled, building businesses, changing careers, and choosing curiosity. Join me as we dive into their journey, the lessons they've learned, and what's to come. Well, welcome. I am so excited to revamp, revise, revisit, bring back the podcast Talks with Sarah No Socks and to sit down with Diego, Diego Diaz, who I've chatted with twice before on the show. Uh, the first time we chatted was in December 2020. Crazy that that was yeah. a while ago <laughs> now. And then last in October 2021. And there was a huge amount of things that happened in between each of those discussions. And now we've had lots of other amazing things happen since our last discussion in October 2021. So I am really, really excited to hear all about that and maybe some missteps along the way. We all have those, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... For folks who haven't tuned in, and I'm going to link those two in the show notes, you definitely want to tune into them before you sit down to this one. Uh, but for folks who are not familiar with you, Diego, would you mind giving us a little bit of a backstory on who you are and what you're doing in the world? For sure. So yeah, my name is Diego from uh, LA, living in Orange County. Um, I am the founder of Reflow. Previously, I was a founder of Ammo, which are both you know Webflow development agencies. Um, it was funny, started off with, you know, Sarah on these podcasts. I was a social media manager, just coming off being a security guard, Amazon delivery driver helper, um, and then made a jump into to business. And then, you know, I was really struggling for a bit. And then finally things started to uh, work out. And I think when we last left off in the last podcast, it was probably less than a year in into ammo. Uh, probably like six, seven months in or something like that. Um, and a lot has happened since. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I know I was listening. You and I were chatting a little bit before we hit record that we were both kind of revisiting those episodes and how much things have changed and you on a personal level watching that growth. And for me too, it's been amazing to kind of watch when, you know, when I sit down with folks and to then see their story continue on and yeah. have the opportunity to revisit is amazing. So I'm super stoked to to dive into that. So let's get into Ammo Studio. So yeah, when we sat down in October 21, 2021, you had just started it that year, I think mm -hmm. in February-ish. Yeah, it was February. Yeah. And you were struggling, right? You were like struggling hard and finally hitting your stride when we sat down. So talk us through what happened kind of when you started to hit your stride and what happened to Ammo. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So probably around that time um, is when things started to kind of, yeah, like starting to hit my stride, business started coming in. Um, we hit a lot of growth pains and, you know, turned a couple clients in the process, just like, you know, anyone in the in doing that um, and growing that fast. Um, pretty much went from literally like a couple hundred bucks in a month to, you know, your first 10K month within like, you know, like two months, three months. Um, and so, you know, then hired team members, um, some didn't do well, some did, and I've been working with them, you know, ever since. Um, 
And so, you know, a lot of things kind of happened in those that period of time. I was kind of debating if I wanted to do design or just development. Um, ended up going with design and development. Um, and then, yeah, and then 2022, things really went to a whole different level. Uh, ended off 2021 um, with my first, like, individual project being over 10K uh, for, like, a one-pager design development and some, like, Lotties. And then just kind of went on a roll um you know that first couple quarter two quarters you know first 20k project first 30k project and then first 40k project um and so things were doing really well ended up growing the team to about like four or five people project manager you know in-house designer in-house developer um another d designer we hired a little late into the year like mid-year and then um just some contractors you know sometimes when we needed some extra help and yeah, did really, really great. Um, helped a lot of great, you know, startups and companies in the space. And, you know, ended up our biggest month was about like 65,000 in a month. Wow. Um, and so just a, a huge shift from, uh, you know, our, our talks and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, just blessed to have a great team, had great mentors, great support system um, to help kind of navigate that. And then, yeah, and then, you know, had some talks and got ammo acquired. Um, I'm sure we can dive, you know, deeper into that, that whole story as a individual segment. But, um, yeah, very blessed. Yeah, that's amazing. So you talked about some of growing pains. <laughs> so can you give us a little bit more detail behind that? Because I think a lot of folks experience this. You went from a solo individual to building out an agency team. So talk us through what some of those growing pains look like with, you know, yourself personally and how you had to kind of go from contributor to contributor and manager and then also hiring. That's really scary, right? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I really had to dive in kind of pretty quickly um, with the whole transition from, you know, individual freelancer to, you know, actual agency owner with employees or, you know, contractors that are full time pretty much. Um, it was really like just a learning lesson of, you know, at first with business, like kind of like strategy I like to follow is like the four steps uh, process. One is sales. You do everything you can to just bring in business, right? Whatever you got to do, whether it's cold email, social media, cold calling, whatever the case is, you just got to bring in business, right? You got to have, you know, a system for that. And then you do worry about the deliverables. Okay. I have these people came in, they paid. Now I need to figure out how to you know, actually you know, provide the, the service and then it's optimization and then scale. So at around that time was able to do the first step was bringing in sales. Okay. Now I was like, okay, now we got to do the delivery. Um, but it, you know, sometimes that process is a little bit before the optimization, right? Cause you just want to kind of get it done and then worry about being fancy with it. Um, so at the time I didn't have any SOPs. I didn't have any, you know, actual set guidelines or things of, you know, processes and, systems and stuff in place and so a lot of stuff wasn't really going well timelines were kind of you know keep it kept extending and um you know you just really <laughs> have so many projects at one time you're just trying to figure it out and then plus you're trying to hire um you know in terms of hiring you know that was a whole thing in itself i kind of was just hiring from twitter and um just trying to figure that out trying to make sure that they can actually come in and just get you know adapted really quickly because like sometimes i would hire after i closed the project and the you know the actual kickoff date was like the next day or something like that mm -hmm. um 
And so that kind of was a little bit of a, a struggle as well. Some were hit or miss. You know, one project had a you know design that was supposed to be taken care of. It wasn't. Uh, the client wasn't happy, ended up getting fired. Um, and then same thing for development. You know, there was one that just wasn't going smoothly. Um, and then, you know, we got fired. And then you just learn, you, you adapt. It's never as bad as it, you know, you seems at the time. Um, I've had to tell myself that multiple times, obviously, right? It seems super stressful, super, you know, like, oh, man, we're ever going to get out of this. Um, eventually you do. Eventually, you know, you just get more experience, more knowledge. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was really what it was. It was just I didn't have any processes or systems in place. Um, and it just kind of just blew up. It's kind of like things like work. Some, sometimes people just, your companies just grow too quickly. And that's kind of how they, you know, mess up and fall versus like not growing quickly enough. Mm -hmm. um so sometimes there's like you know different scenarios on both sides of the spectrum and stuff uh with that and we were on the you know the former where we grew too quickly and you know we turned out some clients but you know eventually you just you know you fix it up and you just keep going and then you know things work out so you mentioned you hired folks from twitter i yeah. i'm always fascinated by this i myself have been hired multiple times from twitter and and i found it great you know I think a lot of folks have found a lot of those relationships. Did you have any kind of vetting process? Were you looking at recommendations from other individuals or were you answering kind of cold DMs? How did mm -hmm. you discern whom to follow up with on the world of social media? Great question. So it's kind of a mixture of seeing people on the timeline, you know, had like no followers, um, just posting like a template they made or design they made. Um, and then I really liked it, you know, and then I reached out to them. Um, others, you know, they would cold DM me and then sometimes, um, you know, it would be a situation where I'm like, okay, I need someone right now. So I'm like, let me see your portfolio. It looks decent enough. Um, and so, you know, at the time too, I wasn't like as skilled in Webflow. Mm -hmm. So I didn't always know exactly what to look for, like how things should be. And then plus, you know, client first just came out last year, I think. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know what we we're doing for a class naming system before. I think it was, uh, bem or something like that mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's the term you know just ended up being like really messy class naming systems uh for some of these projects which you know just sometimes is just how it is when you're starting out but yeah it was really just like you know seeing people post their work and then another time is people dming um definitely hit or miss for both sides but i think i've had more success just seeing people and like reaching out to them organically by seeing you know their work and stuff they're posting uh, versus cold DMs. The message there is to share your work. 100%. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, what I do. Like, anytime I get something, you know, project, that's literally how I'll get new clients. I didn't do any outbound. I didn't, you know, do cold call and no cold email. Um, or at least I didn't have success with it. I tried it like once. Um, and then, yeah, so pretty much everyone from Ammo just came just from Twitter or referral uh, just by posting our work, posting mm -hmm. you know, testimonials, um, you know, updates and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a great message to remind folks of, because I think a lot of times people who are in a creative space, whether you're a writer, designer, developer, you forget that you have to share your work along with everything else, or you think nobody sees it and it doesn't matter. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. If you have good work and you're an actual human being and you're sharing it, people are going to see it and respond to it. So 100%. there's people that, um, that like have seen, my tweets and stuff like that, where I've never really engaged with them or, you know, they have like a hundred followers and then they mm -hmm. end up being like an employee at a really big company or like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or something like that, mm -hmm. where they want to hire you. 
uh, or work with you and stuff. You know, it just happened actually the other day. Uh, there's this guy who reached out, uh, scheduled the call, he found me on Twitter. You know, we were chatting yesterday and he mentioned he wanted to work, uh, work with me and stuff like that. And he's been following me since like the ammo days, uh, like a year ago. So I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, and you would just never kind of guess, you know, that, that, uh, that person was, you know, we're going to be working at a big company that would need your services and stuff. So, you know, he's never liked any of my posts. He's never liked any of my tweets, nothing like that. But, you know, he, you know, posting your work and stuff, you just, okay, I see yeah. this guy continuously posting. Yeah. And then people eventually just reach out when they have the need or they see your work a couple of times to get that trust and then that uh, you can do the job and stuff. And then, yeah. Yep. It's so super, super important. I myself have fallen into that trap over the last year or so. I haven't been as vocal on socials. I'm in a lot of private communities. So I want to touch on that too, because that's where I find myself gravitating towards rather than larger social media platforms. Did you use those yeah. avenues too? I haven't really been in a community in a, in a long time. My community is just sending memes and stuff to my friends, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but in terms of like actual community, um, no, I haven't been in one since like Okay. Interesting. Because there's a huge Webflow, we say community, but the space itself is a very large community. There is a huge Twitter presence for sure in the Webflow community. Overall. Uh, just yeah. wasn't sure if you were in any specific groups or you're in like any founder groups or any support for you. No, nah. nah, it's, uh, it's actually something I've been wanting to do a little bit more, take more time, you know, to be in those type of communities, help people that are still coming up and um, and then also, you know, work with people or uh, be in those support groups and stuff with founders that are kind of like on that mm -hmm. level as you are, or like even higher and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that's always a great time. It just, you know, sometimes you get caught up with work and just you're just too busy. Um, and then you don't even have that mental capacity to, <laughs> to just like really be involved in stuff like that. Yeah. So shout out to the people that are, um, you know, like Melissa Mendez and Grace Walker, mm -hmm. you know, those those folks over there at the Buffalo party or flow party or something like that. I see them every week they're doing something. So I'm just like, I don't know how I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about that. Talk about how you're making space for you and kind of work-life boundaries and mental health fitness along with everything else. Because it sounds like this was rapid growth and a lot of things were happening up until we'll get to the acquisition point, but we're, yeah. you know, how, how were you managing all of that or weren't you? So with AMA, I was able to really get it to a point where I didn't really have to spend too much time throughout the day doing anything really because um, I had a project manager to kind of answer, you know, the, or talk to the clients, you know, kind of manage the team, make sure that they're doing well. As a designer on point, developer on point, we had a strict system, not strict, but we had a, a, a guideline set mm -hmm. of you know, instructions and systems and processes in place. Eventually you got that all down and it was just working like a charm. You know, the whole process was really smooth mm -hmm. when the client was really responsive as well. Um, obviously there were some hiccups with client responses and stuff, but in feedback times, but, um, overall general, when, you know, a client was doing their part, like everything went really smooth. The team knew exactly what to do. Uh, we also had daily standups in the morning. So it's kind of like, you know, just simple. What'd you do yesterday? What are you doing today? Do you have any blockers that can help with mm -hmm. sometimes the um, designer will be like, oh yeah, we need the copy, uh, you know, for the site. Like, okay, let me go get that. And then, you know, get that to them. And so they can continue. So that really helped a lot. Now it's a little different where it's like, I'm starting from scratch again. Um, and I have to rebuild everything. Cause I did take a break from like the whole Webflow space and everything like that for a few months after mm -hmm. that. Um, and so, you know, just had to kind of restart. I'm doing everything pretty much on my own, have a little bit of help from, um, some old, some old friends, um, you know, for certain things like custom code or whatever. 
or interactions. I think it was funny. I think we mentioned that on the second podcast uh, mm-hmm. where about like animations and stuff. And I still yeah. struggle with that. I'm still not good <laughs> like two years later. So I still require help for that. You can't grow in everything right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now it's like I really I can't give too much good advice on work-life balance. Recently, I've been working 14 or 16 hours every day, getting mm-hmm. like 14 hours of sleep um just trying to get these projects going but eventually you know the same as last time uh you know you get the systems down you hire out and then you know you just kind of delegate and get you know your time back and stuff yeah it's interesting we'll dive more into that with your new venture um i always think it's fascinating how much we forget that we need work-life balance and how hard it is when you're solo anything to kind of get to that point that you can achieve it and still be fiscally sustainable (laughs) Because you you do have to work so hard to build up to that point. I know at our last call, you know, there were quite a few months in there where it was like, this is make or break. I need, I yeah. need something. Um, and I think we've all been there. And I've, I, I've never talked to a freelancer who's never been at that point or a solo anybody who hasn't been at that point. Some are more vocal about it than others. I am very vocal about it and the mental health impact that it has and how terrible it is. Um, and it's just, it's part of the ride. I think you, you agree to when you sign on for this yeah. journey. Um, so you have this amazing team and this amazing studio and you're working hard and everything's going great. And then it's acquired. So how'd that happen? <laughs> Talk us through yeah. that story. It was actually kind of just really random. I became buddies with this guy in like about July. Uh, I got introduced to him by another friend. You know, he was owned a couple businesses. We were just chatting on FaceTime. We just kind of hit it off really quickly, all three of us. Um, and then, you know, we were just talking all the time and stuff. And then I ended up visiting them in Dallas. That's where they're both, uh, you know, at. And then I was there for like almost two months because um, I was just traveling a lot throughout the last uh, like six months of the year um, or like four months of the year. And then, yeah, and then eventually, you know, he has a, he had a web design agency as well, just a different art audience or target audience. Um, and then he's like, would you ever sell ammo? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then like, I was like, oh, I don't know if you're serious, but if you are like, you know, we can chat about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm serious. Let's kind of discuss terms and stuff. And then like a week later happened. The reason I think I sold it, I think I was just kind of burnt out at that point. And so I was like, let's just do it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. not that like it, you know, didn't make sense either way, but like, I was just at the point where I was just, I was like, all right, like I'm just burnt out. I want to take a break. You know, I was, I wanted to explore other stuff, honestly. Yeah. So I kind of was like, all right, let's just do it. Um, and then, you know, I ended up doing it. We, we discussed all the terms and stuff. And then um, also too, I kind of wanted it because like, it's always nice to say you have an acquisition under your belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did it. And then um yeah. And then kind of just it literally, it wasn't like super formal. It wasn't like anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just like, Hey, how much for ammo? <laughs> yeah. And then we just did it. And then, um, you know, I helped onboard him, get introduced to everything and then sent the projects his way over the few months after it's because people were still coming to me personally. And now, you know, he's doing a great job. I've seen some of the projects that are going to start coming out really, really good. Very cool. I think a lot of things start that way, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just a friend of a friend or somebody that you meet that's interested. I love that you touched on that you were burnt out and that that's why you wanted to sell. So many folks that I've heard from that haven't sold their agency or business, they've had some sort of really strong personal attachment to it. And it sounds like that wasn't really the case for you, that you knew it was successful and you needed to venture into something else and just took that opportunity. Did you regret that afterwards? Was there any kind of like uh, seller's remorse there? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's funny enough. Honestly, like looking back, I just needed to hire someone and then like like last like one more month because it was a little slow too at the time. And then plus I was just like really burnt out. So kind of like those two forces, I was like, all right, like whatever. In terms of personal attachment, I had some of it, right? It was like the one thing, it was the thing, the vehicle that got me out of like complete, like nothing, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously you already know, like working security, like, uh, you know, physical labor, um, living at home, you know, I couldn't pay any bills really, like I had no money, nothing like that, no connections, nothing. This thing is what, you know, took me out of that, like from survival mode mm -hmm. to like, just like, even just, you know, comfort or just like stability. But I'm a businessman, you know, at the end of the day, where it's like, the business mm -hmm. makes business sense. And so, you know, I can always start another company, kind of my mentality with it. And, but afterwards, yeah, I've, I've always kind of dabbled in. I'm like, ah, I probably should have just hired someone to kind of like help run things lasted one more month. And then I would have had like, you know, 70 K worth of projects coming in, like literally like two months, three months, but glad that I did it. Cause it was kind of like, you know, I can do like a fresh start kind of things from scratch clean. Mm -hmm. Um, so that obviously comes with pros and cons, right? Like the cons of it is like, you have to start from scratch <laughs> clean. Uh, I can't use the, the IP or the, the work that we've done before as like, you know, case studies anymore. It used to make things a lot easier to close, but that, but then the pros is kind of like, you just kind of like a clear head. Now you, you know, what you did wrong beforehand. Um, you know, some mistakes that you made. And then you can just apply it to the new business, you know, kind of back and forth. I'm like, ah, shouldn't have, maybe shouldn't have done it. But then also just like, I'm kind of glad I did, you know? It sounds like you had really good reflection, which I think yeah. is important, especially when you're in that situation and you're considering going back into something similar um, and it allowing you to take time and step away. You know, I always touch on mental health and how important that is. And it sounds like even though at the end you maybe thought you had kind of okay balance and you weren't having to do as much, it probably was weighing on you a bit more than you perhaps realized until the offer was yeah. presented and you're like, oh yes, actually, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you have like people relying on you now, you know what I mean? Because like everyone that was working with us was like, that was their only source of like projects and stuff. Right. So it was like, mm -hmm. I mean, besides like maybe small little projects. Um, but in terms of like overall day to day, like how they pay the bills, like it was on me. So maybe that kind of like, just, you know, yeah. stressed me out a bit and plus things are slow. So I kind of like really, you know, mm -hmm. put some gas in the fire in terms of like, you know, being like stressed out a weird period, really with like personal stuff too, kind of like added to it, you know, during that time, I don't like regret it. And just like, oh, probably wasn't like necessarily always the right move, depending on how you look at it. I kind of look at it in a way it was like, okay, I can start fresh now, just rebuild and then learn from my mistakes and then uh, grow this even bigger and better. Yeah. Talk about what you did afterwards. So you left and said you, you took some time off, which we all noticed. I've seen some fun stuff that you were doing. Yeah. What did you do? How long did you take off and what happened? Yeah. So afterwards, literally the next week I started like, or the next day, I think I started trying to work on new companies. 
in different industries. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The next uh, day, Diego. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. I think that's kind of like ironic since I was like burnt out. I think I was just burnt out in like that space of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least in my head, it made sense where it's like, okay, like it's, yeah, it's business, but it's like a new type of business, a new industry. So it's kind of like felt fresh in a way. So I was just working on that. And it's like a couple other things. And then like a uh, jewelry business uh, with best friends since high school. Uh, he's always been into jewelry and like, you know, wanted to do it. He reached out to me or we had like a chat and he uh, wanted to do it with me. Um, so I was kind of like the investor in it. And he was like, you know, the actual jeweler, all real solid gold and diamonds and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's been actually doing well. Not that I didn't expect it to. It's just like I didn't think about it too hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been doing really well and it's continuing to grow. People are continuing to hit us up about that. And so, yeah, so I tried a couple different things. Not all of them worked out. Only one thing was doing well, the jewelry. And so I was like, all right, what do I do? <laughs> I, I just get it. Like I have a weird feeling when I'm not building. I feel like a piece of me is like missing or like empty. I just don't like sitting around all day doing nothing or just chilling. So I feel like I get in a weird mental space when I'm like not like working on something. Yeah, I tried, I tried all these different things. Not all of them worked out. And so I was like, all right, well, I need to do something. Just like, all right, what am I good at? I had a, a call with one of my buddies who's like my mentor as well. And then he was just like, bro, you should just do what you're good at, Webflow Development Agency. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know, like, I don't know. I kind of feel bad. Like, um, and then he's like, yeah, like I get it. It's just, but it's like, it's not affecting him. And then I kind of, you know, consulted with some other like family and loved ones, like what their thoughts about it. And he's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, it's just not like a personal thing. It's not going to affect him. It's a different model, different, um, you know, just overall kind of audience and stuff. And so I was like, all right, I just did it. And then it's already, <laughs> it's been been doing very well already yeah that's very cool that you kind of took a I guess a left out of the main space that you were in right I I think a lot of folks do that a lot of folks also just stop completely what they're doing and and take some time away depending on you know how big a break they they need and I think it's cool that it was something physical I don't I I'm the same way that's why I always find it interesting because I really like physical creativity uh you know and things that you can touch (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And art and, you know, pottery and all the things. Because uh, we do so much online and I do, it's yeah. a different mental space. So I just find that really, really fascinating. And yeah, talk to us about Briefflow. So this is definitely a very different business model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've seen a few of these uh, online yeah. pop up and a couple of individuals are very popular with this particular <laughs> business model. Um, yeah. So talk to us about what you're doing now in the Webflow space. Sure. So I kind of was reflecting a bit and I was like, okay, what are some of the bottlenecks that I had? Right. So it's everything I kind of do is like from a like a logical sense and like, you know, business sense of it where it's like, okay. So number one, design took the longest, mm-hmm. right? Even though that's really where you can make like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always the thing that like, you know, caused problems in the business. So I was like, okay, so if I'm going to get back into this, no design, Right. And I've had back and forths on that, but I think since the model is different, like it just makes a little bit more sense in that regard versus just like strictly focusing on one-off builds and stuff. And then two, I was able to close really big projects, but when things got slow, I didn't have that much monthly recurring revenue, right. To kind of like help, you know, keep things afloat. I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, okay, I've been seeing those things, like you said, pop up on Twitter. And then, you know, some, I think most of them are for like design and development. And then I was like, okay, so let me do this model. That makes a lot of sense personally. 
you know, not everyone is looking for these huge, you know, build outs and stuff. Some people just need some, some mm -hmm. help with, you know, their websites and stuff like that, maintenance. Um, and so I was like, okay. And then, you know, build up that MRR, uh, the monthly recurring revenue. Uh, so, you know, if things are slow, at least I have, you know, consistent, you know, predictable um, paying clients. And then, yeah, just remove the bottleneck of the design and um, things just been smooth sailing. Yeah. That's good. And it makes you take away the stressor of having to be a boss, right? Well, I mean, there's a joke in there <laughs> somewhere because we we all have to have multiple bosses, I guess, or uh, feel like employees when we're working with multiple clients. But um, I'm sure that kind of lifted a little bit of one stressor, not being financially responsible for other people's sources of income and just yourself. I know that's always been my terrifying thought. I've never, ever wanted to be responsible for anybody else's income. I have enough trouble with my own. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for employing other people. Um, so has that felt different as you kind of started this new venture? Yeah, it kind of, it's a bit different um, not having that stressor anymore. But then also with this model, it kind of takes that away like that stress away because mm -hmm. you have that recurring revenue from these paying clients versus like one-off projects. And then sometimes you might not get a project for a month or two or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or at least not big enough where like you can like really like, you know, pay them well and stuff or like pay them the amount they would need for like all their bills and stuff or they used to during the good months. Um, so I fully intend on really growing in and getting employees again. Um, but I just think with the model, gonna make things a lot more uh or less a lot less stressful um because of that monthly recurring revenue and plus it's you know development only and that caused issues on the design side because of the timeline you know payouts right mm -hmm. um design will take however long and so you don't get paid throughout the whole time uh for this is like every single month you know you're kind of expecting certain things and then at ammo the retainer clients i did have would last at least a year mm -hmm. you know kind of like um you know hopefully i can uh replicate replicate that here at reflow um and so you can it just you know breaks down like okay and i'll have this predicted you know revenue every single month on average the client will last about a year so i have you know this lifetime value for the client mm -hmm. um so it just makes you know forecasting and financials a lot easier paying people a lot easier and having mm -hmm. employees a lot easier um but right now yeah just solo um, so it's a little less stressful, but then it's also stressful on other factors that you have to do all the work, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, especially the last two weeks, I had just like all these projects come in and I'm like, I'm gonna accept all of them, right? And so just the timelines were just kind of weird where it all kind of like landed on the same like few days, which was all my, well, my fault, a little rusty on that, you know, stretching that out a bit. Just what I love, honestly, like I wouldn't want anything else, you know, if I had to work these 14 to 16 hours days and stuff. Me personally, I just like, what else would I rather be doing? I think that's important to note for folks too, when they think about these different areas and different business models, different ways that you can work either by yourself or build out an agency and what those yeah. boundaries need to be for you. I think you have a very good handle on what you can tolerate and what you can and you know where your breaking point is. And I I like when we talk about that because I like I think a lot of people think this sounds great, I'm going to do it, but I only want to work 6 hours a day and be on the beach or in the mountains or whatever the rest of the yeah. time and I mean there are business models you can put together to do that, but 
depending on what you're doing. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. not. You mentioned that you're taking on every client right now. Is that intentional? You're going to get to a point where you just have kind of like a, a max number so that you feel a bit more manageable. You're trying to build up the business. Great question. I think right now, or even for the foreseeable future, I'll probably take in as many clients as I you know possibly can. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I haven't thought about that too much yet uh, for like filtering and stuff like that. I think eventually, obviously, you get to a point where you can be a little bit more selective, you know, where it's like only bigger projects or like, you know, the terms are good with like the timelines and stuff, because a lot of companies want things like tomorrow, even though that's a fake, fake deadline they make up because mm-hmm. it always gets extended. I really want to grow this to like 100, 200, $300,000 a month and just have this as like a engine vehicle for, you know, cash flow. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously just invest that elsewhere into like real estate or whatever. Um, but in order to do that to a point where it actually can provide significant returns or actual like great outcome, this has to grow pretty quickly or not quickly, but like decently, right? Like amount, amount per month and stuff. And then, yeah. And I'm also partnered with some, uh, that guy I was mentioning before, who was like my friend, but then mentor, uh, in reflow. Um, and so he has a lot of experience. He has a multi-million dollar web design agency right now. So it's kind of like, you know, I can pretty scale pretty quickly and easily since like I have, you know, someone who's done it before already to like mm-hmm. help me with it in terms of like hiring structure, you know, all this whole different shebang, but yeah. It's fun to build things. I think from the, the bottom, <laughs> yeah. uh, stressful, very stressful, stressful, but I think some people, just like that type of stress, you they know, what I mean? you're building something. Some people don't, and that's completely fine. You just have to be self-aware. Yeah. Um, I'm just one of those people that like, I feel weird if I'm not doing this. Right. <laughs> type yeah. of, it's in you your know. nature. You're just a builder. You need to. Yeah. Things could just where I came from, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I had to like endure and stuff and like what I've been through and stuff. So it's like, I think that kind of drives me. So like, I never want to have to do that again. Yeah. or go to that place again, or feel that, you know, survival mode feeling again, always thinking about work. I mean, I definitely need a balance because, you know, sometimes when I'm with my family or like whatever, not be there, I kind of mm-hmm. be like thinking or like checked out. So I definitely need to balance that a little bit better. But overall, it's just, it's who I am and what I like to do. So yeah, I think it's good to talk about that we can't disassociate or we aren't present all the time with other individuals, I have that same issue. And a lot of folks I talk with have that same issue, especially if you are a freelancer or a solopreneur, or you are a business owner. It's tough not to think about it all the time. And I don't yeah. have an answer for how to disconnect, but yeah. I think being self-aware and understanding that it's something you have to work on is kind of the first step uh, in it. It's, it's challenging, especially right now, the market is bizarre and there's been a lot of heavy impacts in a lot of different areas a lot of people in flux that's also another reason why i, I chose this model because i knew like the, there's like uncertain times people mm-hmm. are cutting and so people still need our companies still need really high quality work they just can't afford those 20 dollars projects anymore right. or they're not really wanting to spend that but they'll happy to be they'll, ha- they'll be happy with you know, $3,500 a month, mm-hmm. 50 a month, $500 a month, whatever. Talk to us, or maybe you don't want to share, but you want to share your tech stack that runs that business for you? Sure. Um, right now, it's not really anything crazy. Just uh, Webflow, obviously. Um, doc.us, 
I'm just starting to do Slack and Loom. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think we overcomplicate things a lot. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of these models out there and I'm like, I, it can be whatever tools you want. There's no set formula. You just have to make it kind of your own. A lot of people use Trello. I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem premium, right? I don't know. I just feel like even if the prices are relatively low, like how mines are right now compared, I like having that premium feel and look mm -hmm. it's like oh, working with, you know, a really nice yeah. company and stuff. And so doc.us really has like a nice visual UI. Mm -hmm. Everything looks really like classy and like really nice and stuff. So that's why I chose it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to understand that kind of thing. I use Notion. <laughs> or Notion. I yeah. actually want to start using like Notion or, or, um, Coda or something, just to have everything in one tool and first like clicking around and stuff. Right. Yeah. I went with Notion. Uh, so I have a very similar model, subscription model for operations work. Um, and for me, very similar Webflow. I actually use CleanShot X and I use Notion because I can use the comments as a tracker instead of Slack so that you have just kind of one stop shop. It's easy, you know, drag yeah. and drop. And just because I'm used to it and I like it and I was already paying for it. So I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> buy something else. Um, but as part of my process, I kind of ask about the tech. So that's the other thing. I think when you're setting up these businesses that you learn along the way, <laughs> what should I ask my potential clients and who is best to work with me? I, I have a tendency to gear towards scarcity mindset. And so I take on everything and it has not worked out well for me in the past. So talk to me about that. Cause I know you're taking on all these clients. Are you, you, you vetting them through calls first or can they just start subscribing and then you work with them and maybe that's a mistake later? <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. Great question. I have it where I had it where it was like you could just um, pay like right on the site and then like I would obviously get the notification and get you onboarded and stuff manually. But I feel like, yeah, that's probably not the best method. It's always good to have a, a call first um, for at least my top two tiers. For the five hundred dollar mm -hmm. a month one, I still have it where you can just pay, because um, it's just like very simple updates and like so. It's like, what am I going to filter that? You know what I mean? But the other two was like more of a time commitment per month, or like you know like, I think the silver is like ten hours a month, and then um, gold is like unlimited, right? So you definitely want to have people that you mm -hmm. um, would enjoy working with, um, and I still have my eye for red flags. Um, so I guess when I was mentioning earlier about taking anyone, I guess anyone that like, you know, that seems to be a good partner. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had anyone where I felt like, uh, I don't want to work with this guy. Um, actually kind of once and I still took it and I did regret it and it didn't work out well. Expectations weren't set properly. Timeline was really too short for what it was. Yeah. So it just didn't work out. For one-off projects, I kind of, you know, it's kind of more objective, right? Like if yeah. it matches the exact design, it's performant. It's mobile responsive like it's not really much they can really say right or like continuously update or anything like that like it looks exactly how it looks on the design mm -hmm. um, i guess it's a little different for development only but overall yeah, i agree with you about you know making sure it's vetted and kind of not just taking on any anyone because you know any anyone might be not the best clients even if you don't have a formal vetting process to kind of listen to that internal gut, like, ooh, I don't think this is a, an alignment, you know? And it's nothing with the other individual. I think a lot of times we get concerned that maybe there's going to be negative repercussions for not working with certain people. But I think it's yeah. important to just be transparent. Much like you said, you're a businessman. That's how I approach everything too. And I always go back to the Brene Brown quote, clear is kind, 
unclear is unkind. It is mm. so much easier to be upfront and say, hey, I don't think there's alignment here. I don't think this is going to work out and just move on than to force something and regret it afterwards. Yeah. We've all had those clients who are like, oh, shit, I did not <laughs> listen to my little internal clock. Um, yeah, I'm an actual, like yeah. you, you don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an actual uh, application that I, I make people go through just because I know the certain types of clients I want to work with. And, you know, one of the questions is, are you comfortable with Notion? I don't want to have to learn a new tool. I don't want them to have to learn a new tool if they aren't comfortable with it and aren't comfortable learning it. We're probably not going to work well together because that's what I want to use. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's again, I think, a mindset feel of like not going in with scarcity and, and going in with abundance, which is really hard in this market, but it's important for your mental health and stability too, to go in with that focus. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's a, that's actually a great um, question to have on the form uh, for your case, right? Like you don't want to, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Like you say, you don't want to have to learn different tools or for them to learn different tools. Um, so it just makes things easier. That's why I always like say Webflow development, mm -hmm. right? I don't just say web development because then that can mean a lot of different things. Some mm -hmm. people might come up to you think it's gonna be WordPress or, you know, custom code. It's like, no, like people who are coming to me are specifically wanting to be on Webflow mm -hmm. and know Webflow, what it is, the tool, you know, stuff like that. So um, I think it's very great to have like uh, clarity. Yeah. For, you know, whatever your service is and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So now that you're building up this new business and you've had this other business acquired, do you have kind of any advice for anyone who's just starting out, maybe struggling What's maybe a big lesson that you, you've shared quite a few, but if you have an overarching lesson to yeah. share or anything else you'd like to dive <laughs> I would, um, honestly, my advice has always, I feel like been the same for the last few years. Number one, clean up your profile. Look, make sure you look like credible or like just not like some anon account or something. Right. Uh, people want to, I guess, trustworthy, right? Look, you know, look trustworthy. I think that's like, just like the basic, basic. Um, and I'm doing the exact same things now that I did when I first started ammo, I would go on Twitter. I look at the hashtag Webflow or the search term Webflow. I scroll until I find someone tweeting. Does anyone, uh, anyone know a Webflow developer? I'll comment, you know what I mean? Um, and then also too, I've always recommended reaching out to other agencies, um, who are already, you know, established and like, you know, may have some excess work that they can't take on but at least they can kind of hire you out for it. Um, and then if you're reaching out to people, send your portfolio. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've been reached out to like, Oh, I'm a Webflow developer. Can I work with you? And then they don't send a portfolio link. Um, I feel like that just like the bare, bare minimum. Um, and then also on the portfolio, even if you're new starting out, you know, there's certain things that are just kind of non-negotiables, right? Like mobile responsiveness, um, make sure it's responsive let's pause right there and say sure. also don't forget tablet responsiveness there is no bigger pet peeve for me than people who forget about tablet size because yeah. i'm an ipad user scroller okay. and when i'm on my couch in the morning scrolling <laughs> through everything and i get to your website and it looks all wonky on my ipad i'm out <laughs> yeah no 100 so i guess uh responsiveness in general right right i have to start checking my ipad now i know i'll call <laughs> you out don't worry I, i'll do it privately but i'll be like hey <laughs> Not an issue. Uh, yeah, like just like little things like that, class naming, 
you know, just use client first. It's mm-hmm. pretty simple. Um, and kind of like becoming like the standard now across development or Webflow development. Um, and just post your work. Like literally some people, like, oh, I don't have that many followers or no, no one's going to see this. You'd be surprised who actually comes across your stuff. Everyone that I've worked with and continued working with for like a year or two at Ammo didn't had like less than 100 followers when I first came across mm-hmm. them. Um, and I just saw their work and I thought it was really good. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's really like the basis. You just got to go to people. You know, you can't expect people to come to you, especially when you're new starting out. Fortunately, you know, I've been in the industry for a few years now. So it's kind of like, you know, the work that I've done before and the outreach that I've done before and my name before has kind of been rolling over. I had someone reach out that I haven't spoken to like in two years, um, you know, reach out for Webflow development, just closed this morning uh, before the call. Um, so it's like, you know, just being in the game long enough mm-hmm. where things can start compounding. I think that's one uh, mistake that I made after ammo was trying to do new industries and new you know types of businesses because you have to start from scratch again, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if LeBron James, you know, the best basketball player in the world, he went to play tennis or soccer or something like that, he might still be you know decent because he knows you know the overall athletical you know athletic stuff, but. Mm-hmm. He's going to start from scratch again, right? It might take like a year or two years to kind of get to that point where he's like one of the top guys because he's LeBron James. But, you know, um, and I say that because like, even though I have business experience and business knowledge, learning a new industry, new, you know, type of product or service, like mm-hmm. get to start from scratch, no matter what you've done before in the past. You know, my, my thing is like repeat successful actions for that. But going back to the original question, every day you should be reaching out to people. Every day you should be working on your, you know, portfolio or your, your, your skills. And then once you do finally land someone, make sure you do a great job and you do everything you can to make sure it's the best and best over deliver. That's how you really like, you know, build, you start building your reputation. You know, people start referring you, people start tagging you in posts. What you see? People are asking for Webflow developers, but yeah, business is just about solving problems. You know what I mean? That's really all it is. So like, you don't overcomplicate it. If your biggest thing right now is not figuring out how to get clients, figure out how to solve that, right? Like you just reach out to people. Are you reaching out to people? No. Okay. Reach out to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've had people ask me for advice and then uh, I'm like, okay, how, how many, t- how many people do you reach out to today or like comment or like try to engage and stuff? You say, Oh, like none. I'm like, how are you going to get clients? If you're not, no one, you're, that's why I post all the time. I post or I'm starting to post again. Um, any testimonial that I get, any good feedback that I get, Um, I'm gonna start posting the work too. Uh, I just haven't really, um, but like overall, just stay on top of mind. You know, you don't know who's going to look at your account or come across your account, especially with the new for you algorithm, where you just see all these random people's tweets and stuff now. Um, Twitter's (laughs) in our land right now. (laughs) You don't even want to know what I've been seeing. And then, uh, stay in the game long enough. You know what I mean? Like things really start compounding after time. Yeah, I mean, there's a few people where I, I've seen them in the beginning of their journey. Like this guy, Diego, I'm sure you came across him. Diego, at Diego Live. I saw him pretty much in the beginning of his Webflow career. Like I worked with him when I don't think really had too many things under his belt yet in Webflow. And then now dude's like killing it. Like he has always sharing some crazy, crazy work, always being referred. I always see people commenting or tagging him and stuff like that and stuff. And now he's in, in the community. He's one of the top community members now. Um, you just stayed in the game. 
he just stayed consistent, mm-hmm. stayed in the game. And now, you know, he's getting so many projects and stuff that he wasn't getting at first. So, and he was able to quit his job full time to Webflow development. When I first talked to him, he was still working at a, at a company. He was doing Webflow stuff part time. Um, so it's, it's nice to see stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I love to hear success stories. And I love to hear success stories that happen that way. If you are fortunate enough to have a full-time job and you don't have consistent income coming in through your side thing, please don't quit your job. <laughs> Not in this economy. Don't, oh don't my be goodness. like me. Don't be like me. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I like $1,500. <laughs> I, I always tell people, please don't do what I did. Um, it, it was not a mistake. It was the right move for me. But if I yeah. could have done it differently, I, I would have. Yeah. Uh, it's all about, that's context too, right? That was for me knowing myself. And But if you don't have money to live consistently, yeah, yeah you shouldn't be leaving your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, not good. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Thank you, ADHD. Was that, a, was that good <laughs> advice though? I don't know. Sometimes yeah, it's, it's excellent advice. It, it's great advice. I think... Um, for me personally, the commenting and reaching out and that, you know, sales portion is really difficult. It's always been really difficult. And I think that's another thing that you should probably understand and why you should be building this up if you have a full-time job while you have a full-time job, because you get comfortable with those things and you learn more about yourself and what you like and don't like in terms of the journey. And if it's comfortable at all, because there's a lot of other things that we didn't touch on that happen with a business and we kind of highlighted them, right? Like, cause you have yeah. employees and, and those types of things, but when you don't have employees, you still have a whole business to manage. You still yeah. have PL, you still have taxes. You're still trying to pay yourself. Oh, yeah. You're still yeah. trying to pay for all your subscriptions and everything that keeps everything running behind the scenes and the lights on at your house. And um, along with doing all the sales and then while you have client work. So it's yeah. a lot that I think people don't recognize as a lot until you're doing it. No, facts. Yeah, but, business, business is hard. You know what I mean? Business like, is hard. One people hard. or more. Yeah. It's it's just hard. There's nothing easy about it. Uh, but I, I think to to your point, it's the same advice we get from people over and over again, right? Like you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. It's uncomfortable and nobody likes it, but you just have to do it or nobody knows you exist. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Like even if you're not necessarily reaching out, like there's other ways too of like getting eyes on you right like some people do a lot of content you know videos mm-hmm. um other people just tweet like me i just tweet honestly and i'm just fortunate enough because i well I, had, I built myself up for like years and years and years of being in the webflow game right so now i can just tweet every couple of tweets probably lands me a uh, you know a book call um but yeah but if you're just yeah starting scratch you just gotta do what i did when i first started and just going out mm-hmm. uh, reaching out i used to i used to build or uh, either rebuild sites mm-hmm. and post them, yep. or I would like take someone's current site and just like redesign the hero page or the hero section, post it, you know, to stay top of mind, stay top of mind, build that trust with people. It takes people some like a couple of times to see your name and your work for them to finally reach out. Um, and just like be proactive, like, yeah, just reach out to other, I think agencies, reaching out to agencies is probably the number one advice. Like. I feel like you land one agency, mm-hmm. they have multiple clients, right? So you technically have multiple clients um, from that one, you know, that one relationship. So I think yeah. that's like one of the best advice I can give. Yeah. I've been giving for years. Yeah. And delivering good work is other great advice, right? If you know that your work isn't 
the best it can be and you aren't always striving to get better, people are going to notice that, right? So it may not be at the level of some other people, but if you're doing your personal best and looking yeah. to improve, you know, that you are doing rebuilds and you are on Webflow University or taking other courses or just learning things that will help you become a better developer or designer or whatever it is that you're pursuing on your own, that's important and people recognize that. You, you yeah. should be growing <laughs> and over-communicating as you kind of build. I think that's the other downfall that I see a lot of people, especially because now everything is online and we all kind of just assume that people think they know what's happening. And, you know, if you're spending time on social media and you're not communicating with your customers behind the scenes and your clients behind the scenes, <laughs> that could yeah. be construed so many different ways. So you have to make sure that that piece is on par too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just like pretty basic stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. don't be sloppy with your work. Make sure your class naming is you know on point you don't need to be the most skilled developer to do that right. um you know like oops, the style guide you know just certain things are just like come on bro like that's like the bare minimum type thing people recognize that people appreciate that but that can also really turn people off if you don't do those mm -hmm. little things like that yeah 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 definitely all great advice i can't believe how much has happened <laughs> october 2021 what's next Honestly, like it's just, you know, taking from my past mistakes, putting that into the new company on one of my past mistakes, just not focusing. And so now I'm just like, I don't, I don't even think about anything else, like other businesses. I don't think about other, you know, ventures at all nothing like that. Straight reflow all day, every day reflow in terms of business, right? I don't mean like personal life and stuff, family relationships, whatever, but momentum and compounding is real in the world of business. If you just really focus, you stay consistent and you just end the game long enough, like things really start to work in your favor. But in terms of that, like, you know, just build it up, cash flow. Because I think agencies are always should be a stepping stone into like the real world creation um, or at least like the cash flow vehicle. Um, so I want to get it to where it's like, you know, 100, 300K a month or more or whatever. Um, and then just funnel that into like buying apartments or like other real estate, you know, mm -hmm. deals like that build up that equity, build up that cash flow, And who knows, maybe I'll just keep it running, you know, longer than ammo, just because it's fun. I like it. I enjoy it. I like uh, the client's reactions when they get a site that they, you know, feel like they can show off and, mm -hmm. you know, it helps their business. I love when I get texts or like uh, messages from people saying that their, you know, websites getting them a whole bunch of business now, or they look more professional or they're able to close deals better. Um, you know, I just had some guy text me today um, one of my clients where he had a meeting with Coinbase and he wanted some like presentation uh, built out um, and I built it out as a landing page and he said that the feedback was like, really great and so hopefully they're going to be working together. I don't know if I forgot what the intention behind the meeting was, but you know, stuff like that. So um, what's next is, yeah, just be in the game for a long time, next five, 10 years, and then just funnel that into like real estate and stuff. Nice. Well, I look forward to watching your continued journey. I'm sure we'll have another chat in a, another yeah. year and <laughs> get an update. We'll keep it going. So where can people find you in the meantime and support you and follow along, hire you if they need to? Yeah, on Twitter at the one, uh, number one, Diego Diaz um, or reflow.live. Awesome. We'll link it in the show notes too, along with the other two episodes that you definitely have to tune into to appreciate yeah. the story so much more. Thank you so much, Diego, for coming back on and giving us another update. And that wraps up this week's show. Thank you to our guest for joining us, sharing your journey, your fails, and lessons along the way. 
If you want to follow along in between episodes, you can catch me on Twitter at Sarah No Socks. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help the podcast. Until next time, bye.